Hello and welcome back to The Moments That Made Me. Before we kick off with this week's incredible episode, I just wanted to let you all know that my first book, Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life, is available to pre-order now. I am beyond excited and proud and just over the moon and I cannot wait for you guys to get your hands on it. It will be released on the 6th of January 2022 and it will teach you absolutely everything you need to know to manifest literally anything that you want into your life. It is a self-development book, a self-help book, an empowerment book, and of course, a guide to manifesting. So you can pre-order from Amazon or Waterstones or Audible from now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello. And welcome back to The Moments That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. Today's guest is Miranda Holder, otherwise known as the Feel Good Fashion Coach. Miranda is a TV and celebrity fashion stylist and host of her own podcast, The Fashion Weekly Podcast with Miranda Holder which I recently went on as a guest. So now it's my turn to interview Miranda on her three defining moments that got her to where she is today. Hi, lovely. Hello, my darling. And how are you all beautifully bronzed and tanned and limber after your little break? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a very spontaneous getaway. And I feel it was only three nights. Um, So it was only like two full days, but it was actually more than enough to reset. So I feel so good. (laughs) It looked amazing. And I was very impressed with your aerial yoga. I mean, that's super bendy. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's a lot easier than it looks. It looks really impressive on Instagram, but actually it's more just about facing a few little fears uh-huh. and then it really does support you. So it's all about inner trust, actually, which yeah. I love. How yeah. are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm I'm busy, but that's really exciting. My head is full of so many exciting new ventures and projects for the year ahead or what's left of the year ahead and probably next year. <laughs> so I'm kind of on this really exciting journey at the moment and sort of slightly reshaping my business and I've got a few new goals and I'm just I'm loving life and I am so excited about months ahead. I love that. I know. <laughs> high vibes this morning. Super high vibe. Yeah, absolutely. I've had my dance in my shower. I'm doing all right. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. So I think you're a fan of the podcast, so you know that we dive straight in 
with your first defining moment? Okay, so um, I've had quite a few, uh, you know, 45 these days, pretty uh, pretty ropey and old. <laughs> but have, have loved every single year and it's and life is only getting better and better for me. But there's been a lot that's gone on in my life, so it was quite an interesting one to narrow this down. But I think the first um, and possibly the most major one was a very serious car crash that I had and was in about 11 years ago. Um, so I've got two beautiful children who are now teenagers. And at the time, they were four and six years old, and they were staying with my uh, parents. And hubby and I uh, had gone on uh, for a lovely uh, long weekend away, dirty weekend, basically, for his birthday and had a gorgeous time um, just celebrating. So we were driving back home on the Sunday evening and it was dusk and we were, you know, both blissfully happy after some very special and precious uh, time together, which is very rare when you're a parent, I'm sure you know. And um, we were following a van, the light was terrible and the van in front of us, his brake lights weren't working properly. Um, and basically, we went, he braked suddenly, and we went into the back of him only at 40 miles an hour. Um, so not not terribly, but it set the airbags off. Um, and the problem was that I was relaxing as a passenger with my feet up on the dashboard, and they were crossed, which I see loads of people doing these days. Um, and, and no one knows actually how dangerous it is. And what happened was the airbag goes off at about 200 and something miles an hour. I mean, it's just insane, but they obviously keep us safe most of the time. And threw my crossed legs up against the safety glass, which didn't crack. So instead, my, my legs shattered, um, which was interesting. I, I was in complete shock at the time, as you do. I remember the car filled with smoke and my husband shouting at me, you know, get out of the car, it's going to blow up. And we honestly thought it did, but it was going to. But actually, when the airbags go off, there's a bit of smoke apparently involved in that process. So that's why, looking back, but it was still terrifying. So it wasn't until I actually went to move that the pain sort of kicked in. Uh, to this day, I can't remember the collision at all, but I only have memory from when I started to try to move and I just couldn't, absolutely couldn't move my legs that the second I tried to put any weight on them, I have never been in such intense pain. Like I did childbirth twice naturally. and I think I'm quite hardcore. I have all my tweakments and stuff and don't take pain relief when I do those. So I think I've got quite a good pain threshold, but this was just beyond all control. Um, so they got, got me out of the car and ambulance was called. And sadly, it was just a very unlucky turn of events. It was a Sunday towards the end of the summer holidays. I guess it was a busy day or there weren't enough staff working, but we waited a very long time for the first ambulance, which was only a car. Then we waited a very long time for the second ambulance. But the problem was that my injuries weren't obvious because actually my legs looked completely normal, but I was in writhing pain. So they didn't treat it as seriously as it should have been treated. We have friends who are medics and they say, looking back, there should have been a whole crash team ready and waiting for me at the hospital, but there wasn't. So I was eventually got to the hospital um, and then I was left in a corridor for about half an hour. It was just one of those awful nightmare situations. And I, I didn't have anyone with me. The ambulance men just sort of left me and, and had to run off to their next job. I remember I was desperate for the loo, um, you know, in huge discomfort, no pain relief. And eventually someone found me sort of moaning and writhing around. And I was fast forwarded to the, the crash unit. Um, and then 
I, I remember they just shouted over the top of me. They argued for a I don't know how long it felt like an hour, but goodness knows how long it was. But they kept putting me in and out of consciousness and taking x-rays of part of me. Um, but And I remember this junior doctor shouting at all the other doctors there saying, stop, stop, can't you see? We're not getting this right. We're missing something. And I remember kind of coming around and thinking, oh, my goodness gracious, what, you know, what a shit show and going back under again. Um but for for whatever reason, maybe it is fate, but it was it felt like a really load of bad luck at the time. They missed the extent of my injuries. So they picked up on a couple of breaks, um, but it actually took weeks, and I was in hospital for months. Um, it took the the team weeks to actually get to the bottom of every single thing that was wrong with me because I had multiple breaks, shatters, dislocations. I don't know how they could have missed this, to be honest, but, you know, the NHS are fabulous um, most of the time when we need them. But on this occasion, um, for whatever reason, it didn't go particularly brilliantly. So I was stuck in hospital on the, the biggest pain relief you can imagine. I had the pain team assigned to me. They'd come every day. I was begging them for more morphine, more nerve medication, more this and that. And I was sort of running dangerously high levels, but actually having quite a fun time on it, um, <laughs> hallucinating and imagining all sorts of things. Uh, and eventually um, they let me out and I came home and they didn't even realize that I had extensive nerve damage at that point. So my pain carried on and it wasn't until a year later that I had my nerves in my foot were actually tethered and severed, which is why that pain was just so intense and my big toe was dislocated. It was just so many things. But one of the key problems was that my talus, which doesn't have its own blood supply in my foot, was broken very badly. And I was given a prognosis of um, 99.9% AVN, which is avascular necrosis, which means the bone would die and crumble. So I remember going back and they said, well, look, you know, we think you should have an amputation because the, the statistics are not good whatsoever. We can amputate just below the knee. You'll actually recover far better anyway, even if the AVN doesn't happen. Um, this is quite a common procedure, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember sort of coming away absolutely shell-shocked just how everything could change just so quickly from everything being rosy to everything looking utterly bleak. In that time, I got totally hooked to the painkillers because I was absolutely relying on them because of this nerve pain. And I remember my children, you know, my daughter still to this day has a huge anxiety, um, sort of separation anxiety because... Whenever they came to see me in the hospital or even around in, in the house when I got home, I would I couldn't stand their crying and their screaming and just the general noise um, of little children. And I would ask them to be taken away. So I couldn't I couldn't connect with my kids at all because I was in such a bad place. Um, and for a while, I just totally, totally gave up on everything. I got really angry. Um, into victim mode, I suppose, you know, why me? This absolutely sucks. Um, and just, I spent months and months in a wheelchair. You know, my home was turned into a sort of disabled unit. We, we looked at setting up a bedroom for me downstairs. I had mobility equipment everywhere just to get around. Um, and I just l totally let myself go and gave up, literally swigging the morphine from the bottle that they gave to me and just letting everything go fuzzy and, and just, not having anything, any glimmer of hope 
whatsoever. And then I remember, um, this was months down the line, my friends used to keep bringing me fashion magazines because it was the only thing that I would really pay much attention to. And it was sort of light enough and and frivolous enough to, you know, have a little flick through and we'd have chats about the outfits and whatever, because I've always loved fashion. And I, I remember one day I had to go to the loo. So I was in my bed and it took about 15, 20 minutes to ease myself out of the bed onto this special wheelchair and into the special toilet, et cetera, et cetera. And I caught sight of myself in the mirror, which I had been avoiding for quite some time. And I'd just been looking at all these beautiful inspirational pictures of models and all the rest of it in the magazines. And I looked at myself and I absolutely did not recognize what I saw. I was, well, I was huge. I was bloated. I was gray. My my eyes were glassy. My hair was like straw. Um, and my lips were pale. I mean, I looked, it was unbelievable, the sight that looked back at me. You know, my leg was sort of wasting away. And I just said to myself, are you, at that time, are you going to accept this, Miranda? You know, it, this is, you have to make a decision. Are you going to accept this as your fate? And thank God, thank the universe, thank whoever is up there. Something inside of me said, you know, rose at that time and just said, right, enough. We're going to do something about this. And I, I got back to my bed. I picked up those fashion magazines and I promised myself there and then, having tried many careers in my time, being a Pisces, being a creative um, and, and latterly trying to do things for to be fulfilled work-wise and have the children, I'd never fully found my my absolute niche and my flow. And I promised myself that if I got better, I would give everything a go and and try and launch a career in fashion because that really was my true passion that I hadn't um, sort of listened to or tapped into over the years. Um, so I decided that day that I was going to sort myself out and make a recovery. I phoned my husband, I told him, I got researching and because um, the sort of the traditional medical team were pushing all the drugs and, and the operation still at that time, I thought, no, I'm going to do this another way. So I started to research everything complementary on and alternative and we hit it hard. Um, I did everything from hyperbaric oxygen chamber treatments, which were amazing and actually saved my leg in the end. So it worked to physio, to Reiki, to nutrition, to Bowen therapy, acupressure. I think you get the picture. <laughs> I, I hit it hard with everything. But what was really important was I felt that I had forward momentum and I was setting myself little goals and I was able to achieve those goals, even if they were tiny every single day. You know, it might just be, I had a personal trainer that I hired and he'd come, the sweetest guy, he'd come and sit by my bedside. And my first sort of exercise for probably the first six weeks was to get out of bed and crawl in circles around my bedroom floor <laughs> to to build up my muscles again, because I, I just had nothing. And, you know, looking back at those times, it was crazy, but it was obviously what was needed. You know, it was, it really was baby, baby steps. And to fast forward, you know, it, it was a, a very long, grueling recovery that took several years, um, but I made a lot of headway in the first six, nine months. And I started to research uh, fashion courses and I actually got into Central St. Martin's, which is a fantastic college and did a fashion styling course there, which was the start of several more courses um, that I then took. I went on to London College of Style, which is brilliant, where I now actually lecture and did more. And as I got stronger, 
um, I got better and, and absolutely started to love what I was doing. And I felt like for the first time in my life, I was in my flow and doing the right thing because for the first time and having been an actress at the beginning of my career and been very used to knocking on many, many doors and getting many, many no's and rejection, it's just part of the trade. But for the first time I was getting yeses to everything. It was like everything was laid out on a plate for me and my new policy, my new lease of life life was that I was going to say yes to everything as well because I had this new absolute zest for life. I was not going to waste another bloody moment and it utterly changed my life. I'm now, I now am working in fashion. I mean, I've had a great career considering I came in it, into it quite late. I've styled Boy George, worked with Little Mix, Vanessa Williams and all sorts of things um, which have been fantastic. I'm now on TV and, and going actually now into a slightly different direction but it's all been absolutely wonderful and it also gave me the courage to do things absolutely for me and not care what anyone else thought about being judged which is something that I'd always struggled with previously so I went and booked myself a boob job and a nose job (laughs) because I fancied one and I was literally just enjoying life and just enjoying this newfound power of being able to do what I want Um, and I also went and got hair extensions and that's the best thing that I've ever, the best decision that I've ever made because my hair was pretty ruined after that experience. And I now have this gorgeous, lustrous hair and the most fantastic hairdresser and it's sort of become my signature and I love it. I love feeling feminine and attractive again. But I believe that if I didn't have that huge momentous accident, um, I probably would still be potentially sort of wasting my life and, you know, Mrs. Unsatisfied from Hampshire with 2.4 children in Labrador, um, not having gone for her dreams. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I feel like I want to give you like a standing ovation. Honestly, I'm just like, wow. (laughs) So, so, so inspirational. But I have about a million questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because this really is I think whenever and I've had a a couple of guests on who have had um, something horrific happen with their health and I think for me when I hear a story like yours I'm always I am always just I can't begin to comprehend that like you say the anger the hopelessness um, the pain, um, the feeling of loss, um, like grieving the life that you had. I just, how did you, when you had made that decision that, okay, I need to change my life, how did you begin to, what perspective shift do you think you made that allowed you to let go of something like the anger? Because that feeling of why me, you know what I mean? That why did this happen to me? That feeling of it being unfair, um, that kind of, well, you were a victim, but that victim, and how did you switch that? What was your shift? That's a really good question. And I'm just thinking about that. And you're right. I mean, I was absolutely wallowing. And then I'm someone, this is probably not a very satisfactory answer, but I'm someone, I'm very impetuous. I, I'm, I run on my emotions. If anyone out there is into human design, I'm, I'm an emotional being and, and, you know, decide what I want to do based on how I feel. And I literally just looked in that mirror and, and I actually just thought, I'm bored. I'm just bored of this. I don't want to be negative anymore. I don't want to feel like this and be angry and resentful. And I literally just decided to chuck it out the window. And there wasn't, 
you know, it wasn't a straightforward path. I'm sure there were times after that that I, I came back to getting frustrated. But as soon as I just made that mental decision, right, no, throw it away and just opened my eyes to the possibilities out there. And as soon as I did that, I think it really helped also having a goal. So I had the fashion and I was also investigating all this natural health stuff. And I actually, I remember thinking, oh, I, I actually feel quite excited. And mm. I haven't been excited about anything for so long. So that gave me the drive and motivation and focus. And I'm also just incredibly stubborn when I want to be, which I think really helped. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Great <laughs> answer. And the other thing I really want to know is how did your relationship survive that? Yeah. Because, um, you know, I think we think a lot when obviously the the empathy and the concern is with you because it's you, like you're going through something un like just catastrophic really. Mm. But of course there's also your partner who is, and I think people often forget, not forget, but they don't place as much importance or thought into the person who's taking care of you the person who's then sole you know almost solely responsible for the children and how was he and how was your how did your relationship handle all of that do you know what there were times when uh, so his name is Justin and he might kill me for saying that but I'm sure people can find that out quite easily but um there were times when I was angry at him and and, and at those early dark days during those early dark days I remember I would shout and scream I remember in front of my mother-in-law I threw things at him I mean I was seriously angry and bless him he said yes it is my fault I mean it wasn't it was one of those things but I think he felt guilty for for a while oh. yeah well, and I made it and I rubbed it in you know a hand on my heart I was not nice I was blooming angry and if I could take anyone else down with me I was going to um however he uh, and I, I'm getting emotional actually thinking about this because, we, you know, we've had our ups and downs as many married couples do. It's life. We've been through a pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But he was so amazing. He absolutely, he rose to it, um, Roxy. And instead of getting uh, you know, more pressured and us uh, growing apart, we actually grew closer together because he is nothing more than an absolute superhero. He carried running his own business with his own work troubles at the time, looking after the kids, juggling it a little bit. But actually, that's another long story, which we may go into on point three, but I fell out with um, my support network of family members during that time. Can you believe? So we felt more on our own than ever. And he held everything together and worked so hard without ever complaining. And I owe him so much and I'm so grateful for him. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is beyond what an yeah. incredible angel on earth. Yes. Really, just an angel on earth. Definitely. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. And thank you so much for your honesty. I really, it's so, um, so refreshing and so important and so incredible to hear you be able to own and be open and go, you know what, I was really... I was not, not kind and I was this and I was that. And I think that is, I really love to hear it because I think it's, I just love that honesty. I love that openness and being able to own your, the things you did in your past without shame, just yes. going, you know yes. what, I did that and I know I was wrong, but not, not being like judging yourself for it, you know, but you know, le you. learning from it. So just amazing. Thank you so much. And 
the last question I have about it, sorry. It's <laughs> okay. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> is how did you start that journey of reconnecting with your children afterwards? I just started. There was, uh, there was no sort of big decision involved. I, I think as I came off the drugs slowly but surely, which wasn't fun because what goes up must come down. And I was, you know, quite enjoying being on the ceiling with all that morphine for a while. But I had to. Yeah. You Did have you to have withdrawal. Yeah. Abs- oh, absolutely. It was a nightmare. Um, and just something else that I didn't need. It didn't need. Um, mm. I also then found out that I contracted Lyme disease, which was probably triggered by the accident. So I, I had a huge amount on my plate. I mean, that's another story, and I'm, I do manage that quite well now. But I had so much going on. But it, it took a little while. It it wasn't instant, um, and I had to build it up slowly so that my my tolerance really of young busy people with needs. Um, was sort of ready to handle it. But what I will say now is I am so close to both my children and they are, I'm so proud of them. They are fantastic. And, you know, they're just beautiful, have the most beautiful hearts. So um, I'm not too worried. And actually, I'm so close to my daughter now, who in particular um, really suffered, I think, at that time. So, Miranda, what was your second defining moment? How, I mean, I don't know what, how we go on from that. Bless you. Well, it's a happy story, sort of. It sort is. Of. It um, is. Yes. Um, and, and this one is, it's, uh, we, were, we went on holiday as a family, or I'm going to say about five years ago. I'm always rubbish with dates. And we were at a time a fan of the Nielsen holidays. So for people that don't know, when you when you get a family of a certain age and they need exercising, you know, and you want a bit of time off as a parent, these activity holidays are brilliant. So all the all the water sports and and fun and camps and singing, everything was laid on for the kids and the parents could either be as sporty on the water as they liked or just go and chill out at the spa or whatever. It was great. So we went to a new resort in uh in Greece, um, down in Messini. Um, and I have always been an animal lover. Absolutely always. I've um, always had loads of, of pets. When I first met Justin, I had seven cats, which is quite hilarious. And my, and my father actually tried seven. to bribe him. Yes, yeah, seven. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Because he thought it was going to, my my father thought it was going to put him off. So he tried to give him money. I mean, that's ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> I'm a mad cat lady um, and dog lady now. But we uh, found out very early or discovered that there was a stray dog problem in the area. There was a pack of stray dogs on the beach and no one wants to see that when they're on holiday. Because I, as soon as I discovered it, I thought, oh, goodness, I can't switch off now because I I can see that there are animals suffering. And they they were living outside of the hotel down the road on the beach a bit but they'd come to the hotel naturally for food and wander around and the hotel were doing everything they could to keep them off but of course they kept coming back and there was about seven of them and they were all adorable um but a couple of them were quite ill um and I was quite concerned so I decided that I would just do my bit and steal sausages and eggs and things from the breakfast buffet and go and give them a good meal while I was there and because um I have a bit of a social media presence certainly not as wonderful a community as yours or larger community as yours yet they're all gorgeous but we're growing but I had a little bit of a voice at the time so as you do I was documenting all of this on stories and people were following along and I noticed soon that there was um, a puppy in in the little group who was absolutely petrified. She was 
trembling, didn't stop visibly shaking with fear. She was very, very nourished, malnourished. They were all starving, but she was ribs, just total ribs and covered in mange. And she had two broken back legs. And I was like, oh God, you know, I need to help her. But I couldn't feed her because she wouldn't come close enough to to take the sausage. So I was so worried. And I, I went and asked at the hotel and I found some English people and they said, yes, there's there's a huge stray dog, dog problem in Greece, actually. It's very well covered up. Uh, but um, this goes on. And also the animal abuse problem over there is actually the second worst in Europe after only Romania, but it's very well hidden, which I was really shocked about. And then I found out that all her siblings had actually been clubbed to death on the beach the week before. I'm sorry, that's horrible to hear. But really really horrific so this is why she was so frightened I mean absolutely traumatized but I couldn't get her near me she had a very sweet friendly mum um that I was able to feed but you know I couldn't help her um and then one morning uh we were downstairs in a downstairs garden room considering she'd come nowhere near the hotel normally my husband woke me up and said oi oi you've got a visitor and I opened those curtains and this little puppy and her mum were sleeping on the sofa out on our veranda and I kind of couldn't believe it because she was so scared um, and so timid and she was sleeping right outside my door and I just felt like I was being asked properly asked to help and I just at that time I remember thinking oh right there's no turning back here this is turning into a bit of a mission so I started really campaigning on social media for support and funds I found a local dog shelter, which actually happens to be the largest on mainland Greece, and phoned them up and said, right, you've got to help. There's seven stray dogs here. We need to get them in. And they sort of said, you are having a laugh. We're absolutely overrun with dogs. We can't even afford to feed them, let alone give them veterinary treatment. We can't help. The best you can do is just give them some food and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I bribed them. I raised some money. We also, you know, of our own and also through social media. And I um, basically bribed them to help us and take in the puppy. So um, we drove up to the shelter to get some um, horse tranquilizer, as you do, that I was going to try and put in a sausage and try and catch this puppy. Um, but because of bad Greek communication, as we drove up to the shelter, they drove down to the hotel. And instead of catching the puppy, they managed to catch the mum and bring her back to the shelter. So while we were there, they turned back back up there with the mum in tow, at which point I just burst into tears because I thought, oh no, and now that puppy's all on her own. You know, she was, she's been through so much and she's got no one to look after her um that coupled with being very shocked at the state of the shelter so you know shelter in inverted commas it really was a caravan and a few shacks and a few trees hundreds of dogs literally not much food they they do days with no food at all because they can't make it stretch and they when they do feed them often it's literally stale bread that's been donated or collected from local hotels and it was pretty dire um but really, it was still our best option. So with a very heavy heart and thinking, how on earth am I going to do this now? I went back with my horse tranquilizer. And the next morning, the whole family, my fabulous family, husband and two children, got up super, super early and um, tried to catch this puppy. And I was documenting the whole thing on my stories, lying on my tummy, feeling a bit like David Attenborough at the time, sort of trying to sing nursery rhymes to her and throwing bits of sausage. I mean, it was it was quite ridiculous but and it wasn't getting anywhere she did actually take some sausage but she was so nervous that her adrenaline overrode the um the tranquilizer and she just wouldn't relax although I could see that she was tired and then out of nowhere and this is what's nuts her mother her mother who'd been captured and taken to the shelter turned up and just walked up to her 
And it turned out that her mum had escaped in the bond between the two dogs was so strong that her mum had broken free somehow of the shelter and walked 16 kilometres back. And she was actually poorly, we found out later, back to the hotel to be with her little puppy, which was incredible and a gift because as soon as the puppy saw the mum, she gave in to the horse tranquilizer, dozed off, we were able to jump on them, um, not literally, but capture them and get them up to the shelter. So that was that was amazing. But the, the next part of the story really is that the shelter, um, having seen the shelter, my husband and I just thought, oh, my goodness, we can't just dump these dogs here with a bit of money and walk away because it was run by this incredible, beautiful, beautiful woman called Katerina, who has literally given up her whole life to adopt every waif and stray and help help everything that she can because the problem is so bad there and it really is and while she was talking to us and showing us around I mean she was wearing rags and I I kind of realized why because dogs were jumping up at her as she was walking through the little areas and they would literally rip open her dress so by the time she'd finished showing us around she was standing there flapping with her her bra and knickers on display you know poor love um but she didn't care she was so humble and so dedicated there was never a christmas never you know she hardly ate herself because she'd give the the food to the dogs she the poorly ones or most poorly ones would sleep on her bed in her little caravan she didn't have a working shower there was no plumbing i mean it was it was dire and justin and i both looked at each other and said we just have to help we we cannot finish things here so I carried on my my sort of social media campaign while I was out there. It went a a little bit viral, which was great. While I was there, I managed to facilitate 10 adoptions, um, which took a a few weeks to materialize, but started that process, including one gorgeous dog for us. Um, And it was the start of something very special. We've raised a lot of money for the shelter, uh, which is called Dash, by the way, Dash Dogs uh, in Greece over the years since. We've actually got, we adopted three dogs ourselves because we go over there several times a year. I'm I'm an ambassador for the charity. And um, we actually now own Tess, who was the little puppy that started the whole thing. So she's now in our house. And if anyone out there believes in it, many people may not, but I absolutely love all of this. I've got a fabulous pet psychic and I got her to speak to all of my dogs because I just wanted to know. And it was amazing. They all had a different story to tell. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Fantastic. Can you tell me one of them? Yes, 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 yes. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> so I've got a really, so Molly, the first dog we adopted, super naughty, really affectionate humans, but sleeps on tables, will scale any wall and is just a complete escape artist and will also eat any other dog that tries to come near the house because she's just very protective. So I got this, the uh, psychic to speak to her first because it was just, you know, what is going on? And um, for her, it was just, you know, got to check, got to check, got to keep, got to keep checking that everything's okay. I'm here now. I'm looking after my my sort of patch, and um, and I love the smells. I get loads of amazing um, visions when I when I smell. And it was it was very very Molly because the psychic said, okay, and do other dogs get this Molly? And she sort of said, oh, I don't care. And she's just all about having fun and being a bit cheeky and naughty, which is really her personality. But then when she spoke to Marmaduke, who's my Labrador, he wouldn't even speak to her. At 
at first because he wanted um she called me Miranda and he said no it's mummy which I think is so him because such a baby yeah and he he gave it was gorgeous it was so accurate he gave um me specific instructions that I had to scratch the knobbly bits on the top of his ears and not the top of his head and just and he saves up all his compliments because he thinks he's quite handsome and he is throughout the day and then he dreams about them at night all night long (laughs) things like that oh my gosh well I'm sure there will be people listening that will want to find out the details of this yes well if they find me I guess on social media which is Miranda Holder LDN I can I can put them in touch but it was it was beautiful and Tess the little puppy she said was actually an earth angel um which is beautiful and she wants to go back to Greece and tell all the other to all the dogs there not to give up hope Oh, so cute I know. Oh, what a beautiful story and just what an incredible thing to be able to do and I'm sure so many people listening will be so moved by that with what started as a really sad story uh, has uh, like your own has such a beautiful ending Yes, yes. And, and we're still supporting them. Sadly, the shelter's getting bigger and bigger because they just don't stop rescuing every single dog they can. Uh, they're working on educating just the population to stop the problem. But if anyone wants a dog, come and talk to me and I can point them in the right direction because great Aww. dogs are the best. <laughs> Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
So, Miranda, what is then your third defining moment? <laughs> okay, so this is a, this is one that I I was mulling this over, and um, I'm uh, you know I was sort of tuning in to myself and and my guides. I'm quite spiritual last night, and trying to think about or try or waiting for the inspiration for this third one to come because there were a couple of different options, and this one's slightly uncomfortable, but in the spirit with which I live my life these days, which is brutal honesty. You know, some might say oversharing, but but actually I feel like it's my role in the world to share my experiences because I know I can reach out to other people that are going through really hard times and, you know, hopefully offer them some hope and inspiration. Um, so without, without further ado, um, I separated from my parents and my family about two or three years ago. And the reason I really hesitated about this um, was because this is a, a public podcast and the last thing I want to do, as I still love them, is um, cause them any discomfort or pain or shame. But I've I've kind of worked out the numbers and I'm fairly sure that with their demogra- demographic, etc., hopefully don't take this the wrong way, Roxy, they, they won't necessarily get to hear about this. And if they do, I'm hoping that things will be good enough that uh, it will be okay. But... Um, I'm sharing this because I I once shared this on my my social media and I had an absolute flood of responses. So I think it's kind of important work. Um, I've been in and out of uh, counselling and psychologists all my life because I had and I'm not I don't feel so I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. It's just my journey, which actually I'm grateful for, and I think has all happened for a reason. I had quite quite a tough childhood with two very loving but not um parents one was incredibly overbearing and controlling and the other one was unable to show me any any love and actually they are um I've learned over the years they are absolute textbook narcissists absolutely I love them very much um I know they love me in their own way it's very hard for them to show me that and and basically I decided to step away after years of being trapped in a cycle um, where w- whatever interaction I would have with them, uh, I'd always go in with an open heart and with love. I'd come away feeling contracted, fearful, depressed, deflated, or worse. It would cause many arguments with within my fa- my own family with my husband. Um, and it was like it, it basically was being in a bit of an abusive relationship, to be honest. And it was really affecting my mental health. Um, they would do, they, and I will say they were absolutely doing their best and they were only doing what they believed was right in their own way with their own history and their own circumstances. Cause you never know what's going on and, mm. you know, and I love them dearly and I, I forgive them without sounding up my own backside for the hurt they've caused me. And I hope that they can forgive me or have forgiven me for the upset that they, I have caused them over these recent years. Cause I know it's been very hard, but I, I made a decision uh to protect my own mental health and step away which was major um mm. because it, it's not something i take lightly and uh well it it was it was very very sad but about about 3 years ago um it was the catalyst of a, another christmas which was horrendous um and it was incredibly painful um i feel like I probably got judged with my friends a little bit about it because they just people don't understand unless you're in that situation. Mm. Um, but it, I have grown so strong 
as a result of doing that, it was the best thing I could have done for myself. I have done so much healing um, since doing that and really, really grown and developed. And I'm much stronger in who I am, what I want, where I'm going. What's also happening, which is very tragic, is my mum actually has stage four lymphoma and is, is dying of cancer. And I've had this going on in the back of my mind. There's a whole time issue to the whole situation. Um, it's still a very broken relationship, but I'm hoping that we can still find a way to heal it. But it's that thing of how off, how much do you keep going back when you know you're just going to get struck down again in some way, you know, keeping your heart open when it's just going to be at attacked. Um, so I'm, I'm praying that after this break and now I'm in a much stronger place and I've really grown spiritually and things over the last couple of years. Wow. I've had the biggest, I thought I was pretty, pretty woke or, or awoke <laughs> anyway. I do like Reiki and Rahani and I have got more crystals, but wow, mind blown over the last two years. Like I think a lot of people, um, uh, so I'm hoping that I'm in a, in the right place now to try and bridge some gaps. And I really feel, I mean, I know you love manifesting, um, Roxy, and I'm a huge fan of that too. And I think once your energy starts to change and you, and around you and you're putting out all those beautiful, grateful vibes, happy vibes and, and all, and all this lovely energy is starting to come towards you. And it really is with me. I can really feel it and it's beautiful. I think it's a ripple effect, isn't it? And everything starts to change. Um, and what was so beautiful and made me sob like a child last week was I had a text out of the blue from my father, considering we haven't really spoken properly, you know, for, for a couple of years, just saying, despite all the shit that we've been through over the last few years, you're still my daughter and I still love you. And I can't tell you because I haven't heard that. I can't tell you how much that meant to me. So it's given me real hope that, you know, we can bring it back. And I, this is what I hope. Um, we'll see. But it's taught me a huge amount. And from stepping away, I have grown. So it's that thing of self-preservation. There is there is a moment where you have to look after yourself, even though it feels like the wrong thing to do. And I think it was the right thing to do. Oh, Miranda, I'm so, I'm so in awe of you. Bless you. Thank I'm you. I'm so <laughs> grateful for you coming on the show and just being so honest and and to share that, I think, is, um, I know can't have been easy. And like you you said, it was like you were really thinking whether it was completely right. But I'm so, so glad that you did. And I think it it's going to help so many people because mm -hmm. families are funny things. And um, I remember, actually, my ex-boyfriend, uh, when I was 21, he was a bit older than me and he used to always tell me this Philip Larkin poem, which was, they fuck you up, your mom and dad. They don't mean to, but they do. <laughs> yes. <And laughs> it's a great little poem and it is true. And I think there's this thing with parents, isn't there, where not for everyone and everybody has this, uh, this relationship to, everybody's relationship with their parents is so unique and so different. Mm. But often when you find that, people who have very damaged relationships with their parents it it does become incredibly toxic because there is within us this kind of we we hold on to this need for their approval for their validation for their love and all the while 
hurting ourselves immeasurably. And it takes an an incredible amount of strength and inner strength to be able to say, I have to walk away from the two people that raised me, my parents, my the people I put on a pedestal as a child. And that's really tearing away from this younger child. But it takes even more wisdom to be able to do it without anger and judgment. And as you have expressed, understanding that they were doing their best in, in a way. And that's how things pass through generations until we can stop the cycle. And there shouldn't be, I I do agree that we should be able to walk away with forgiveness and and compassion because people, they act from their own pain. Don't get me wrong. I have been really angry. <laughs> I haven't been an angel or a saint throughout all of this, but this of is where course. I am now. <laughs> of course. Well, look, there has to be that process. It's, it's about where you end up. Mm. It is. It is. And you're right. It gets passed down through the generations. I've actually um, done some family constellations workshops, which I mean, we won't, we won't chat about it now, but wow, they blow your mind. And it's all about if trauma isn't healed, however many generations ago, that energy of it comes down through the family and it's a real thing. So that's I would really recommend people look into that. And also, it's so funny, I parent my own children now, you know, in sort of the opposite way, I suppose, because there's still a very wounded little girl inside of me that wanted, craved love and approval, as as you said. And I smother my kids in it now. (laughs) But it's great to be able to do that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Is there anything you would like to say to anyone who is currently... Um, in a toxic family relationship and feels that they don't know how to step away or um, who is still feeling guilty about the thought of distancing themselves? Yes, just first of all, take stock. We all need to distance ourselves to get perspective. So maybe why don't you organize to go and stay with a friend or something like that or another family member or just get yourself away and out of the situation for as long as you can really sort of a week or a weekend or something to think about it and hopefully you'll get some perspective and please just don't feel guilty because there's nothing worse than being than settling for a relationship where everyone is hurting for each other and it's braver I think to make that change it's easier to stay in that trap so so be strong and be brave that's beautiful Miranda I love that (laughs) oh my gosh I'm you know there's some times where I record this show and I just think wow fuck me this was unreal (laughs) and this is one of those times (laughs) use my language that's all right I you are really just I feel so grateful to you for being on here and sharing your story and um really so inspired by your inner strength, by your um, commitment to your own inner healing um, and sharing that with the people around you. So thank you so much. My pleasure, darling. Um, But I do have a few questions before you go. Yes, of course. So the first question is your most memorable book. See, I love, um, it's a childhood one, My Naughty Little Sister. It's brilliant. The whole series. What's that? 
oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, go find it. Because because Wolf, is it Wolf or Wolf? Yeah, Wolf. Wolf. He would love that. It's all about a very naughty little sister. It's really old fashioned, but it's beautifully written. And she's just always really naughty. And it's just, <laughs> it's just gorgeous. Sorry. Okay. Uh, your favorite quote. I love this one. Life is too short. Smile while you still have teeth. Oh, love. <laughs> I love that. I've not heard that one. Um, your most influential mentor. See, I, I've always wanted one and I don't have one. It's so funny. I came because of the way I came into styling and actually all when I was, uh, it all happened really quickly for me. I was always the the stylist rather than the assistant sort of literally from day one. So I, I was always thinking I'd love a mentor to you know, someone to show me how to do this rather than make it up as I went along. And it's the same with all sorts of things. So I sort of don't have one, but what I Wait, have really- your own mentor. Well, this is what I've learned because I'd always go and ask an expert, you know, if I wanted to learn something or do something, go and ask an expert. But you're right, Roxy. I've learned over the years that actually your own intuition is often the best way. I love, love that. Um, your go-to feel-good film? Mrs. Doubtfire. <gasps> yes. I love so it. Good. So good. <laughs> um, the moment where you felt most proud. Um, Apart from my children, who are the most fantastic human beings, and I can't believe how amazing they're turning out to be. I'm just so, so proud of them. It would have to be um, our work as a family with the dog shelter and everything we have we have achieved there. Huge, huge changes there. And we've managed, I mean, it's not just us, my goodness, the team of volunteers there and in the UK are incredible and so dedicated. But every single soul that we save is so fantastic and so many dogs there have absolutely touched my heart and it's so wonderful then to see them get homes and get a dream life with a warm de- a warm bed and a, a fire to sleep by and I'm so proud of that. Oh, that really I mean you should be you should be so proud of that it's absolutely incredible. Thank you. Um, a song that cheers you up. Oh, I love so, so many. Because uh, you sent me this, these questions beforehand and I was like, oh, how do I pick just one? There are so many. But I think if I'm going to put the, put the music or the volume up, turn it up to 11 and have a good dance, it's got to be Rebecca Ferguson. Love her. Uh, You're Too Good to Lose. Amazing, uplifting piano. And you can sing it at the top of your lungs. Love. Uh, Top tip for dealing with stress. Take yourself out of the situation, get off the hamster wheel and reframe. You know, whether it's just an hour or five minutes breathing, there are so many techniques out there, but just step away so you can focus for a moment. Um, And I love earthing and grounding. So barefoot walking Mm. on on the grass, things like that and connecting with nature is beautiful. Mm, Absolutely agree. Uh, One thing you'd like to achieve in the next year. Well, I was going for um, a walk at the weekend and I got this download for an entire book. Um, oh, fabulous. Which was so exciting, combining fashion, my life story, a few other bits and pieces. And I think it's really exciting. So I would Do like it. to get that done. Do it. And the first person you called to share good news. It's got to be my wonderful husband, Justin. We love Justin. We I do. love Justin. Yeah. Miranda, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest, for sharing your three defining moments with me. And for anybody that's listening that wants to find Miranda on Instagram, it is Miranda Holder, L-D-N. That's her. um, Yes, L-D-N is short for London. 
that's my handle and uh, yeah thank you so much thank you darling I've loved it I love you I love all the work that you're doing too it's beautiful you're a beautiful soul and um, and I love your pod so I'm delighted to be on it thank you for having me ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.